0: Hey, and welcome to The Weather Channel. I, Allie, personally know that when you're at rock bottom, it can feel like God is an emotionally abusive boyfriend. This podcast exists to disprove the theory that joy and goodness are only found in perfect circumstances. Here, you'll hear real stories from people who, when faced with heart-wrenching circumstances, chose joy, whether or not it made sense. Hey friends, so we are coming to the end of season three of the Weather Channel. I cannot believe it. What in the world? I tell my people all the time that we really do have the best community here. And it is such a joy for me to run this Weather Channel ministry and to be a part of this amazing community. Look at what God has done with what we thought were the worst words to hear ever three years ago. Those three short words, you have cancer. God has taken what we thought was a tragedy and turned it into one of the most beautiful parts of our lives, which is a ministry that supports and encourages others who are in really dark seasons. It is such a blessing to be able to share stories of God's goodness with you and to hear how these stories have impacted you and made you cry and given you the hope that you needed at just the right time. If you would like to make an end of the season donation, you are helping this podcast reach others who are in need of this same hope, the news of Jesus Christ and God's goodness and his faithfulness and kindness. So if you love listening to this podcast, would you consider donating to help us continue the Weather Channel ministry? You can safely give online at allychristian.com podcast. You can start giving monthly, or it can simply be a one-time donation. Either way, we are so grateful. And so excited to be able to continue the Weather Channel podcast because of your support. Thank you so much, friends, for supporting this ministry. Sometimes it can be such a hard, obviously, but it's kind of like the both end. It can also be a sweet place to be because when we're in that place of rock bottom, that is sometimes where we can most clearly see Jesus and feel Jesus. And I would just love to hear where you saw
1: jesus in this story there was a saying that corey used a lot with his clients Um, it was there is sacredness and suffering and he talked a lot about people hitting that rock bottom and the sacredness that is present in that suffering Um, he would talk about how um, the atonement of jesus christ is the greatest moment in history but it came with the greatest amount of suffering. Mm -hmm. The most sacred moment in history was also the moment where there was the greatest amount of suffering. And um, he would talk about that all the time. When people hit that rock bottom, that is a sacred space. And um, while it was a great, like, lesson as he was alive. It has become like my motto <laughs> of, of life. And um, some sweet friends put the phrase on a picture with him on it and it's you know, on our piano and um, on my Facebook wall and it's part of our model for the nonprofit that I started. It's on our headstone you know, there is sacredness in suffering and um, opening my mind to that of like letting Jesus into my heart, knowing really that the only way my heart is going to heal even a little bit is if I let him in. And um, so yes, the people coming, you know, random things. Like I had just run out of milk. This happened multiple times. I like would just run out of milk. And I'd get a text from someone that said, Hey, I'm at the grocery store. Do you need anything? And I mean, that happened multiple times. And I didn't even like say a prayer, like, will you please find someone to buy? You know, it wasn't a formal prayer. It was just like needs were met. They were known and they were met. But then there's times that I'm just really low when I just feel like I'm not loved. I don't want to do this anymore. What is the purpose? Why did this happen to me? Mm -hmm. And that is just, that is just life. That is just the like Mm -hmm. path that we're on. It's a constant up and down. And um, it's in those kind of how, how do you treat those down moments and how do you try to get yourself out of them? And if you, if you can do enough of the positive things when you're feeling good, it's a lot easier to do those positive things when you're not feeling good. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know that reading scriptures and praying and doing service for others makes me feel good. So when I'm feeling good and I do those things, I feel really good. Right. And when I'm not feeling good, I can remember, oh. I feel better when I read scriptures, when I pray, when I serve others, whatever it is. And I am able to recognize that just enough to not stay in that low for a long time, but rather recognize that I am there and then be able to come out of it. And um, so, I can't, there's, there's not like a lot of really specific experiences that I could share. It's really more just really generalized um, conscious choices that are small, but end up making all the difference.
0: Yeah, that's such a good word. Would you share just a, maybe one or two things that you want somebody going through a similar heartbreak to know?
1: Anybody going through a heartbreak should know that they just need to take it one breath at a time. Um, when people say take it a day at a time, I even think a day is too much. I think that's too overwhelming. Even an hour can be too overwhelming. It needs to be like one breath at a time. You really just stop thinking about all the other things going on around you and you think about breathing in and breathing out and breathing in and breathing out. And you you only focus on that until you feel like you can think about something else. Um, I think it's also important to let yourself cry when you feel like crying. Let yourself yell when you feel like yelling. Punch actually punching a wall really hurts. So <laughs> don't I actually wouldn't recommend that, but maybe you could punch like a pillow or your bed <laughs> or something. I I have thought about like scenes in movies where they just like, you know, punch a hole through the wall and I'm like, yeah, that's not a real wall. That can't be a real wall because They did that really easy and it actually like really hurt and you can't really punch. So maybe I'm just not like as strong as people, which that, you know, is highly possible, but it it actually like really hurts to punch a wall. So I don't recommend that, but a couch, a pillow, a mattress, punch something if you feel like it, you know, Mm. and if you need help, you got to find it. You got to go ask for it whether that's professional help through a therapist um, or that's asking a friend or a family member or hiring people. Like if you need help, you've got to, you've got to get it. Mm -hmm. Don't choose to stay in your suffering. Just make a choice of what is one thing that I could use help with and then find someone to help you with that, you know? Mm-hmm. At first there were lots of people that brought in meals and cleaned my house and did yard work and took my garbages out. And like I said, those things do fade off, but I still kind of need help with them a lot, you know? So I <laughs> I see a massage therapist every week. I have a cleaning t- team that cleans my house every other week. Um, And I kind of put this all under my umbrella of self-care and I spend a lot of money every month on self-care, but I kind of like need it for my sanity. Otherwise I am going to waste away. And it's not fair to my kids and it's not fair to myself and it's not fair to Corey and our story and our family and our lives. And um, so I just kind of have to make that work. it's really hard to be clear when you're in the middle of like trauma and heartbreak and, and tragedy. It's really hard to be clear about what I need and then articulating that. But um, I would tell anybody to just just try. You know, maybe, maybe you could make a list or just maybe you don't have to write it down. Maybe you just tell a person, but like make a list of these are all the things that are stressing me out right now. Or these are all the things that just are not making sense or that are hard or whatever it is. And then, and then you might be able to be like, oh, well, if someone brought me dinner, then I wouldn't have to spend that, you know, 30 minutes to an hour or more of like, what meal are we going to make and what groceries do I need? And then going grocery shopping and then cooking it like that is a lot of steps for making one meal, right? And if that is too much, then get someone to help you with that if you feel nuts out because your house is messy and you can't focus on anything and you're just frustrated all the time, then, you know, ask someone to help you come clean it. If your kids are old enough, if you've got kids or other people around, then, you know, you're a team and, and work together and, um, help each other out in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. do you need to simplify whatever it is, simplify as much as you can and then lower your expectations and then lower them again and then lower them again and just be willing to to let go in in many ways, I died with Corey and the person I am today is not the same person that was around, you know January 18th the day before he died on January 19th, there's a lot that's similar because that's just the core of my being, but there's a whole lot that's not. And, and so be, just be flexible and lower those expectations and be willing to just be present with yourself and choose to let god into your life and your story and your heart um that's that's i really believe that that is the only place that true healing can come from i do not have the power to heal a shattered heart it is not me and my strength that does all these things i just am able to do a little bit um because God's on my side. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Before we end today, I would, I would love, and I know I'm putting you here on the spot, but I would love to hear, um, just real quickly, if you're willing to share what the process of healing with your kids has looked like maybe, like how you have helped them heal or what it has looked like to heal as a mom who has all of this other stuff going on little fires being lit all over all the time and you're trying to um help them heal what what does that process looked like with your kids
1: um it's been very heavy it's it's been a it's been really heavy just a heavy burden to bear to try to manage my own grief and sadness um, and then also try to be aware of them and what they're doing and what they're feeling and uh, sometimes I haven't felt like I've had the mental capacity to support them in whatever it is that they needed and yet I have to because I have to, like, I'm, I'm the mom, I am now the head of household, I am now the patriarch of our family. Um, And so, you know, and the kids have kind of expressed their grief in different ways. My oldest son, it came out more as anger and frustration. Uh, My next daughter was Um, lots of anxiety, lots of anxiety, trouble sleeping, trouble going to school, lots of crying, um, hard to ever be away from any of us. Um, And then my third daughter, she was five. She was just barely five when Corey died. And her sadness hasn't really come out as much until recently. And so she didn't do therapy three years ago. She's doing therapy now, while the older two kids um, we're still in touch with the therapist, but they don't need it all the time. Um, like they did. And, um, and then, you know, Jack is three. And so who knows what's in his future? There's, he's going to have, even though he didn't know his dad, there's still going to be some grief and loss there. Um, as children get older and their mental capacity expands, that is how their grief comes as they are older to understand more, that is, you know, then they are able to handle more grief and more grief and more understanding um, or whatever it is, it grows with them. And so it's kind of a never ending process. Um, Really, it kind of is for all of us, but for children, they just can only understand what their brains are capable of understanding. And then as that grows and expands, and so does their grief. Um, So the healing has looked a lot like, you know, for my daughter, it was holding her while she cried, listening to her talk, um, reassuring her that I'm here, um, that she is safe and loved. Um, I could not have done it without her going to therapy. She did a specific therapy treatment called EMDR. um, And, and that process is what allowed her to actually be able to move forward I could I did not do that I just helped her as the mom I just was a supporting cheerleader in the background and I would hold her and reassure her um, and do a little bit of things that were kind of like I guess you call them almost homework like a little bit of homework things that we were asked to do um, but I could not have done it without it. and and both of my Older kids, actually too. I could not have done it um, without therapy. So it's it's just looked a lot like staying calm um, and just lots of love reassurances. I love you. We're in this mm-hmm. together. I know this sucks, um, and I'm really sorry that this is our, you know, reality. Mm -hmm. I can't change the situation, but we can face it together. Um, It's been a lot of that over and over and over and over and over as all the little things come up. I did have one of the therapists that we worked with suggested right at the very, very beginning um, to record uh, all of their dad memories. That's what we call them as the kids remembered anything about dad they were so little that instead of writing it down, I just took a video. So wherever we were and whatever we were doing, if they had a dad memory, I grabbed my phone and we took a video walking to school, like in the grocery store driving, I would like hand my phone back and they would uh, take a video of themselves sharing their dad memory. And, um, you know a little bit of it was like oh we'll put these together for jack so that he can know a little bit about dad but it was also really healing for them and you know memories do fade and you know most of the memories that i have are because they were recorded some way in a in a journal or of course you remember big things we might even remember little things but but the only things that really last are ones that are recorded somehow mm. and they were so little and we're remembering you know, all kinds of things. And um, every once in a while, I mean, it's been over three years now. And so we don't take dad memory, you know, videos as often as we used to. Um, But every once in a while, we still have a dad memory that we're like, did you ever take a video of that? Oh, I don't think so. And so we'll, you know, I'll grab my phone and take another video and someday I'll compile them all somehow or something, I don't know. Maybe that will just look like one folder where all the videos are separately in that folder, but, um, Mm, I love that. It's, it's actually been a really beautiful thing. And, and sometimes we were laughing as we were sharing the memories and sometimes we were crying as we were sharing the memories. And all of that is I've got on video and, um, being willing to talk about dad and bring him up. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to bring up a loved one that has died because they don't want to make you sad or like remind you of this horrible thing that happened. Um, but it's not like I forgot that this thing happened. You know, you can talk about it because I think about it all the time. You know, every single aspect of my life changed because Corey died every single aspect of it. I'm reminded in every minute of the day that he's not here anymore. And so bringing him up is more like, it's not a reminder that he died, but more of a reminder that he lived. Because as time goes on, it's weird. The brain starts thinking, was that real? Did that actually happen? Did I make it all up? It's so so weird. It feels like just this really distant, like weird thing that happened. And so when other people have a memory or bring them up, or I thought about Corey today or something like that, I love it because it's not just me that remembers him and wants to keep remembering him, it's also others. And it's a reminder that he actually was alive and and here and present and, and helpful in so many aspects and to so many people. Um, and so that is another thing that I just would really encourage other people to try to do, um, talk about, talk about your loved one. There's a lot of stories that I've heard of, like a parent died or a sibling died and they never talked about it again. And there were like pictures that got taken away off the walls or, or Mm. whatever, because they, it just was too sad and it was too much of a reminder. And, you know, I know that everybody has their own kind of healing journey. Um, and I don't want to judge that at all because sometimes it really is just so painful. It's, it's just really difficult to face that, but I really feel like that if we can face it and let ourselves feel the pain that, that, that is how we move through all the things is, is allowing that suffering to come into our hearts
0: yeah Mindy, thank you so much for sharing. This has been a blessing to hear from you and and hear the story that the Lord is writing for you. I love the reminder that he, Corey is gone, but the Lord is continuing to be faithful in your life and you're you're holding his life with so much honor. and I love that and you're also, in a way, um, honoring him by continuing to live and, and sharing his story and and who he was to you. I love that. So thank you. Could you share with my audience where we can find you and um, just a little bit about the nonprofit that you started?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram focusing on eternity. Um, And then, yeah, I just kind of, had this idea one day about starting like a memorial foundation in Corey's name and i started jotting down just all the ideas that were coming to my brain we're kind of focusing on just one thing right now so it's called the Corey holmgren memorial fund and um we basically do therapy scholarships to the clinic that Corey worked at um it's it's called lifestar and it is just here in the salt lake valley um and you know the clinic specializes in in sexual addiction recovery and uh you know we had all these grand plans of all these things we could do and maybe someday we'll be able to do that but there has been so much need in this one little thing that uh, we haven't expanded outside of that so we we pay for therapy scholarships to their program um individuals or married couples um, we haven't stepped into scholarships for youth at all we've just done adults and um, Lifestar has this whole uh three-phase program that they can go through with workbooks and stuff and and so we do therapy scholarships for them Mm -hmm. and it has been um really special to have just like a small um Part in helping people find healing and to um, start reaching their potential Mm -hmm. and um, kind of continuing a little bit of some of the work that Corey would still be doing if he was alive. That is so
0: special. Oh my goodness. That fires me up hearing that. I love that. That just screams a little bit of, um, redemptive power to me.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that redemptive power. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Mindy, thank you so much again for being here today. It has been such a treat to be able to hear you alls story, Corey's story and your story and the story that God is writing for
1: y'all together. Thank you so much. It's been enjoyable to just visit with you and um, you know it's hard to share and it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, But I find that there is power in sharing our stories and I, I think we can all just learn so much from each other if we're willing to be a little bit vulnerable. (music) Hey, Weather Channel community.
0: So I realized that some of you were not here when I was battling cancer. And so you may not know the story behind our t-shirts, but just as I was finishing my first full year of chemotherapy, I was told that I would need a stem cell transplant. This was after I was already in remission, after I thought I was finished. I was so disheartened and honestly angry when I heard this news. I just wanted to be done. I didn't think that I had one more day of fighting left in me. I was so tired. I was tired of hospitals, being away from my girls, tubes, lines and infusions, being poked and prodded, all of the things. And I begged God to give me endurance to continue fighting. I begged him to give me joy and to provide financially for our family as I continued to fight. And rarely have I heard God respond to my prayers immediately, almost audibly. But on this particular day, when I heard that I had to have a stem cell transplant, he did. And he whispered to me, I have and I will. I have been faithful and I will be faithful. And when you hear (laughs) from the Lord, sometimes all you can do is mutter, mutter a very humble and quiet, response and my response to him was, you have and you will. And this phrase, you have and you will, became so meaningful and so powerful for me that we decided to put it on a t-shirt so that on the good, bad, and ugly days, I could literally clothe myself in truth that God has been faithful and that he will continue to be, no matter how grim my circumstances looked. And today, that shirt is on sale for others who need this same reminder. So if you want to grab a t-shirt, one of our tees or tanks. For yourself, or for a friend or family member, or as a group of friends championing someone else in need of this truth right now, you can do so on sale at allychristian.com slash tease, or you can tap the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle. so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in his word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift. Oh,